My Seven Chakras, Episode Seven. Let the beauty be what you do. The seven chakras, swirling vortices of energy, positioned throughout our body, from the base of the spine to the crown of the head, for thousands of years. This ancient wisdom has been passed on from master to disciple. Join Aditya as he embarks on a journey to interview healers, thought leaders, and experts who have dedicated their lives to raising the level of human consciousness. Welcome to my seven chakras, and now your host, Aditya Jai Kumar. I am excited to bring you our featured guest today, Dharma Richards. Dharma, are you ready to inspire? Absolutely. Beautiful. So, born and raised in the beautiful mountains of North Carolina, Dharma is a devotee of the divine, an eternal student, and teacher of the holy science of yoga. Gracious householder, modern mom, raw foodie, hot tea drinker, closet fashionista, and hard to find. So, Dharma, I've given our listeners a short introduction. So, why don't you take about forty seconds to introduce yourself? Thank you so much. Yes, that about sums it up. I am um, luckily located halfway between the coast and the mountains of North Carolina, and just surrounded by beauty every day, both natural as well with students and friends that I come into contact with daily. I do have two high school students, one that just got her license and is driving and another one who is just entering high school. So I'm quite busy with two high schoolers and definitely a householder. You know, it's it's difficult to, to maintain such a high spiritual practice every day, but being a householder, it's, it's uh, doubly a challenge. And um, I do own a yoga studio in a quaint little town in North Carolina, and we are so fortunate to have the, the lovely students and teachers to grace our space at the studio on a day-to-day basis. Awesome. Thanks for that. So here at My Seven Chakras, we believe in the power of Ichin and Sanzen, a Buddhist term, which means that there are 3,000 worlds, possibilities, or outcomes from just a single thought. In other words, there is infinite potential in a single thought concept or idea. So we usually start our show with an inspiration quote that will get us into a space of awareness, learning, and compassion. So Dharma, what is your favorite inspirational quote? And give us an example of how you apply this quote to your everyday life. My favorite quote, uh, it adorns every email that I send out. And it's a very short quote by the Sufi poet Rumi. And it is as follows. Let the beauty be what you do. And that, for me, sums up the way we should live our life. Let the beauty that you love be what you do. And luckily, I am fortunate enough to be surrounded by people who are constantly working on themselves in order to better the situation that they're in, the community that they're in, and to serve others. And just leading by example, that quote, let the beauty that you love be what you do, also has an extension onto it that says, There are a hundred ways to kneel and kiss the ground. 
So every day for me is discovering at least one or five or ten different ways to kneel and kiss the ground and honor the divine. Mm-hmm. Thanks for that. Simple, inspiring, and profound. I will think about that particular uh, quote more and get to know more about it in the next few days. Let's just say you're at a health retreat somewhere among the mountains, maybe North Carolina as well, and someone asks you, Dharma, what is your main focus at this point in life? What would you tell them? I would say to lead and inspire by example. Day to day, I I give people tools, our students, our clients, uh, our teachers. I give them tools to better enable them to be in touch with their own self. And so leading by example, walking my spiritual walk and talking my spiritual talk. uh, It's so important for me to express the importance of that to others and to give people just little sprinkles of things that they can do throughout their day that gets them better in touch with themselves and gets them more in touch with the the divine space around them. That's magnificent. Thanks for sharing. So Dharma, My 7 Chakras is all about learning about our chakras. So for those who don't know what a chakra is, the Sanskrit word chakra literally means a wheel or a disc. In yoga, meditation, energy healing and Reiki, this term refers to wheels of energy throughout our body. There are seven main chakras which are aligned along the spine, starting from the base of the spine through to the crown of the head. And these swirling chakras contain energy called prana, which is the vital life force that keeps us vibrant, healthy, and alive. So Dharma, could you tell us a little bit about the significance of chakras in your practice? Yes, I fell in love with the chakra system and really the science of the chakra system. It just makes so much sense. We teach the different uh, yoga postures and breathing and meditations. We work towards balancing the entire chakra system from root to crown, right? Uh, From crown to tail. And we do this through the postures, through meditation, through breath work. But also in our studio, we offer Reiki sessions. And so as you may or may not know, your listeners may or may not know, we work with the different energy centers in the body, the chakras, by working with energy through the hands, um, through touch, maybe not through touch, but aligning those with energy and energy sharing. Thanks for that. So Dharma, could you talk a little bit about your yoga practice? What do you like most about it and how has it benefited your life so far? The practice of yoga benefited me very early on and I really didn't Uh, become in tune with the spiritual practice of yoga until about a year into my physical practice. You know, so many of us come to this practice of yoga just for the physical benefits, but very quickly we learn, and part of this is through the balancing of the chakras, we learn that there's something more than just making a perfect triangle pose or getting into a great pigeon pose. It goes much deeper And, you know, I was able to see those benefits 
straight off. I came from a ballet background, and once I started into the physical practice of yoga, my joints felt so much better. <laughs> I want to be able just to to get off of the couch without moaning or groaning, just to be able to to move through through every day with grace and ease. And that has to do with your physicality, but also. Uh, mental, emotional, and that's where the chakras and all the chakras working together to find that balance. Thanks. Thanks a lot. I like it that you mentioned that yoga is not just about the physical, but it's about the mental and the spiritual as well. And I myself do yoga three times in a week. And whenever I go at the studio, the instructors are so nice because they not only instruct you on how to do the poses, but they give you these wonderful, profound thoughts and wisdom that really inspire you to enhancing your yoga practice. So thanks for that. Absolutely. Sounds like you have some great teachers. Absolutely. Absolutely. In Vancouver, I'm very fortunate to have come across such a studio. Great. So how did you actually get into yoga? What were you doing uh, before you began the practice? Could you tell us the story behind it? Yes, uh, very colorful. I have a um, a bachelor degree in business. So uh, right out of college, I, I did about a decade stint in the corporate world with computers and technology right before the internet uh, came onto the scene. At the time, I was dancing as well. And when I decided to have children, I was pregnant with my first child and I was suffering from headaches. And when you're pregnant, you know, you want to be careful what goes in the body for medication. So I was trying not to take anything to alleviate the headaches, but I came across this book that had a breathing exercise in it. And I later found out that it was a pranayama or a breathwork exercise. And it was the alternate nostril breathing or the Nadi Shodhana. And that alleviated my headaches. And from then on, I started kind of the book study, Pranayama and Meditation, which eventually led to my physical practice after my first child was born. Wonderful. Thanks for sharing. In fact, I try to do Pranayama as much as possible as well. And it's such a wonderful experience uh, to get to do that exercise either early in the morning or when the sun sets. So thanks for sharing that. Yes. So let's say a person listening to the show right now wants to begin practicing yoga. What are certain benefits that this person could obtain in the short term and in the long-term basis. Right. There are so many benefits, but what I find from students and what I experienced in my own life was a very, very quickly, you find that your stress is reduced. You're not as stressful. <laughs> and it also helps to aid in sleep. You know, we talk about fatigue and sleep and stress attributing to a lack of sleep. But when we're, we're going through the breath work and the meditation and the physical practice, we're better, better able to rest, relax, and rejuvenate. And that's what I, I see most quickly happening in students just starting out. And then the other benefits just start to accumulate. Right, right. So I get this question a lot. People who are, are beginning their yoga practice, they ask me, is it better to join a studio and learn from an instructor? Or should they go the other route where they go online maybe and watch a video and do it all by themselves? I'm so glad that that is a question. It is best to learn with a teacher in your presence. 
And then, you know, I understand that it's not always accessible to, to be with a teacher. But once you've established a very good foundation in the asanas or the postures, the breath work, then if you need to, you know, you can maybe look at videos or online. But it's very, very important to get that foundation to make sure that, number one, you're not going to injure your body. And number two, with the breath work, we're playing with uh, the chakra system, those subtle energy channels in the body. And we don't want to be doing the breath work practice incorrectly. And especially if we have any contraindications or issues that we may direct us away from a particular practice. Perfect. Perfect. Thanks a lot. Now, Dharma, the alternative healing space is truly amazing where at times miracles can take place. And I've heard uh, a lot of numerous uh, healing stories in which people literally transformed their lives. So what is your biggest and most inspiring client success story till date? I'm going to use the plural here and I'm going to say clients with an S. Of course. Yes. Yep. Um, across the board, I, you know, I see so many people being able to go off of prescribed medications. I do not recommend to do that. That is only to be done under the consultation of your doctor. However, students have come to to this practice and over the course of you know 6 months or a year or 2 years they've been able to change their their body their diet their mentality their emotions their stress level all through balancing the chakras through uh, the practice of yoga and you know there maybe eventually sometimes you're able to wean yourself from those medications again, under the consultation of your doctor. And one of the cutest stories that I have and I have to share is there was an older lady who was one of our students. She was probably close to seven, mid-70s at this point. She came to me after practicing a couple of years and she said, I'm so excited because she could stand in the shower on one leg and shave her legs. Wow. <laughs> so, That's inspiring. It's an interesting picture to paint, but um, it, it was. And we hear and see those stories all the time. Yeah, that's indeed inspiring. And I'm sure there are a lot of people listening to the show right now. They're not sure what are the changes that they can see after practicing yoga. But now that you said it, the lady who was about 75, <laughs> based on faith, based on intuition, based on your conversation with her, probably she's taken that action and now she's enjoying herself. Yes, very much so. Right. Now, from what, what I understand, people who want to make a positive change, uh, maybe by doing yoga, might currently be experiencing varying levels of stress and pressure from multiple areas, maybe from their jobs, their relationships, their business or school. So what are certain things a person needs to keep in mind before making this transition into a yoga practitioner? Yes, another great question, because we have so many people calling the studio that are new to the practice. And there are some things that I, I do like to mention right off. First of all, take into consideration your current health, uh, physical and mental health, and, and get a doctor's okay if there are any outstanding issues or physical ailments. And it's very important to relay those to any teacher um, whose class you may attend. So beforehand, uh, letting the teacher know what might be an issue, things that you've been 
told to be careful about. So it's, it's very important to inform your teacher of any issues beforehand. We also get questions and calls coming in of ladies who have just found out that they're pregnant and they want to start their yoga practice. Probably not the best time to start a yoga practice. However, we can work. You know, some of our teachers are certified to to work with new students coming in. It's best to establish that before and to have that foundation instead of starting something new at that at that vital time. Actually, I am a Buddhist, and what you say reminds me of a principle called the principle of mentor and disciple. Because I think it's so important to have a mentor or a teacher or an instructor, and there is only so much progress that you can make on your own. And having that relationship with somebody who has spent the time to gain that wisdom would avoid you reinventing the wheel and will literally boost your learning curves so that you can see the results and experience bliss. In this case, that is so true. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Dharma, I've heard of uh, numerous yogis talk about something called the Kundalini Yoga. Could you tell us a little bit about what Kundalini Yoga is? Yes, Kundalini Yoga was brought to the West by uh, Yogi Bhajan, who is no longer in body, but w- lots of disciples around teaching the, the um, sacred uh, science of Kundalini Yoga. And um, with Kundalini, it's more of a tantric style of yoga. We do breath work as well as meditation, a lot of mantra and sound vibration, very healing. Uh, We call it the Shabad Guru or the sacred sound current. And we do. We work with that Kundalini energy just as we do with the chakra systems. We we honor the um, science of the chakra system in in clearing, balancing, and lifting um, the consciousness up through the um, subtle energy channels, through kundalini from the base of the spine to the crown of the head, and and working with that to to balance. Mm, Inspiring, inspiring. So from your experience, what is one highly beneficial health advice or tip that you could share with our audience which can be implemented immediately. For example, drinking warm water with a dash of honey and lemon has really high health benefits for the body. So what would that health tip or advice be? That is one of them. I wake up each day with that. Instead of honey, which you can use honey, I usually put a dash of cayenne pepper or ginger, and that helps to stimulate the digestive fires. So besides that, which is is number one on my list, I recommend waking up and spending at least 5, 10, 20, 30 minutes in silence. And I understand that that is a very difficult thing to do, especially for those with children, young children. But maybe it means setting the alarm 5 or 10 minutes early and taking that time for yourself in complete silence. If you have the luxury of sitting down for a few moments of prayer or meditation, Maybe it's taking a quiet walk, but really tuning in to the day that is evolving for you and, and coming from that place of center. It's a really good way to stimulate Muladhara Chakra, right, the root and our foundation, and giving yourself control starting right out of the gate in the morning to set the tone for the rest of your day. Sure. Now, when you said that, I can imagine a person uh, listening to the show and saying, I'll spend time in silence, but what should I focus on? Or, you know, what should my intent be? 
so to speak? Absolutely. And for beginners, what I would say is take your five or 10 minutes, because that's what we'll start with. We'll start with our five or 10 minutes for a week, and then we'll start to, to increase that. But just to step outside, if weather permits, to step outside, take a deep breath, and simply listen. Listen to the sounds around you. Whether it's the city or the country, just tuning in to your environment. And you don't have to push thoughts away. You know, it's, it's hard to think of nothing. Let the thoughts come in, but don't be attached to them. Let them kind of come and go and just clear space in the mind so that you can, when the time is right, get back to those tasks at hand with that clear, clear mind. Thanks for that. Let's move into the next phase of our show, which is all about a major challenge or a learning moment. At My 7 Chakras, we are all about gaining life lessons from the experiences of our guests. We believe that it's only when you push yourself beyond your limits that success becomes meaningful to ourselves and respected by others. So Dharma, tell us about a time when you were faced by a major challenge or a barrier. Take us to that moment. What were you feeling at that instant? And then how did you approach or overcome that particular challenge? And you are so correct in that challenges lead to learning experiences. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, <laughs> uh, the first one that comes to mind is the opening of our studio uh, about seven years ago. At the time, it was on my five-year plan, but we just happened upon this space. It felt right, and I jumped in with two feet. And the most difficult part of that was trusting my own intuition. You know, here I am. This is something I teach. This is something I preach. But it's those challenges can be quite daunting and quite scary. But just stepping back and surrendering, we decided again to jump in with both feet first. And what I did in the beginning was just set my goals, tell myself I'm giving it a year to give it my all, to give it, you know, I had so much money saved up. I'm going to give it 24 hours a day. I'm going to give it this much money and I'm going to give it one year. And if it, if it happens, it, it happens. But uh, so far, so good. Thanks for that. So looking back now, what is that one major life lesson you want our listeners to take away from your story? Yes. Life is always changing. Situations are always ebbing and flowing. You know, we get used to one, one part in our life. We get used to this one kind of schedule. Things are moving smoothly and then something changes. And instead of that surprising us and getting us kind of in a tizzy <laughs> to ebb and flow with nature and to become more in tune with nature, we, we do that through the chakras. You know, our, our chakra system, each of them is corresponded with a particular element, earth, air, fire, water, mother nature, and knowing that things ebb and flow and the only constant is change. And how do we react, act and react to that change? It's actually really interesting because I attended a peak performance seminar a while back. And the coach, what he said was that each one of us has a comfort level. And beyond that comfort level, there is something called the international challenge line. And only if you cross that international challenge line, would you be able to experience the magnificence and the abundance that's waiting for you. So in your case, I think, 
opening that studio and jumping in completely was the international challenge line for you. I agree 100%. Thanks a lot. And thank you for sharing your precious life lessons with us because I know it must have been really hard to go back to that moment. But at My 7 Chakras, we strongly believe that our experiences only make us stronger. So thanks. Absolutely. So Dharma, we are now moving on to the next portion of our show, which is all about finding the reason we've been placed on this earth. We're going to talk about finding your true calling or your purpose. When you find your calling, it's a different feeling of happiness, empowerment and fulfillment. You'll realize that you've been training for your calling since the moment you were born. And just when you need it most, the right people will show up with just the right tools you'll need to support you on your journey. So my question to you uh, is, have you found your calling? If yes, what is your calling? I think I have. I've been told I have. So we're going to go (laughs) with that. But no, I do. I feel good. Um, I, I believe I've challenged myself in stepping out of what my calling is and always coming back to it. So uh, naturally, I am more of an introvert. So it's very surprising to some of my students for them to hear that, you know, uh, one of my biggest fears growing up and into young adulthood was public speaking. But yet here I am in front of students each and every day teaching. So and feeling totally at home, totally in comfort, with what I know and what I experience. So I I think I have, I'm still working on it. You know, they call this, they call this a practice for a reason. You you never really fully master it. So I'm that eternal student and um, very fortunate to be in the position I am and to be around the people uh, that I get to be with on a day-to-day basis. Wonderful. And I'm sure that when you discovered your calling, you may have felt ecstatic, excited, and extremely empowered because you could say with conviction that this is what you want to do for the rest of your life. Yes. And sometimes you don't know it, you know, until you kind of look back on it or you look ahead and you see, okay, this is exactly where I'm supposed to be. Great. So let's go back to the moment when you decided to jump all in by starting your studio. It's about a moment, right? So take us to that moment Uh, Let's go back in time when you identified for the first time that, yeah, you might actually embark on this journey of running a studio. Sure. At the time before the opening the studio, I was teaching anywhere from 15 to 18 classes a week, which if you do the math, (laughs) it's, it's quite a lot. And I was starting to experience burnout, which was very disappointing because I felt so um, passionate about the work that I was doing. So I took some time off. And, and made my plan. And it was hard because there were some students that I had to leave behind, you know, even though I was directed to this particular route, it didn't mean that it was easy or that I could just drop everything and move. So it was, you know, again, that kind of ebbing and flowing the ups and downs and being just as happy in the ups as content as I was in the downs and just being, you know, again, learning from those experiences and being able to, to move forward, move on and adapt to the changes. Wow. That's indeed a moving story. And in fact, uh, the way you said it, it feels like your focus really is to maintain that constant and upbeat life state. 
because no matter what happens around you whether there is an ebb or a flow you within yourself are strong determined and really uh, motivated to take that next step ahead yes thank you thanks a lot we have now reached the final round which is called the wisdom round where i will ask you a series of questions and you will respond with nuggets of wisdom just like in a rapid fire round now during this round our listeners will get to listen to nuggets of wisdom get inspired and obtain actionable steps that they can take right away so my fellow yogis and chakra listeners in case you want to make notes i strongly urge you to do so by taking out a notepad and a pen so dharma all set i'm ready awesome so what was the best advice you have ever received <laughs> this too shall pass and pick your battles awesome at my seven chakras we strongly believe that great habits can dramatically enhance the quality of your life so if you had to recommend a personal habit that contributes to your well-being what would that be daily silence as i referred to in the morning ritual at least starting with 5 minutes a day working up to 20 minutes a day of quietude um daily reflection meditation prayer whatever you decide to label it this actually beautifully ties into our next question uh, which is about the morning ritual so could you describe the first 2 hours of your day yes and it depends on the season here we are with the ebb and flow right now is summer in north carolina so i get up every morning quietly walk for about 30 minutes uh there's a path around a 2 mile path around a, a pond and i tune into nature i don't listen to any radio i don't talk on the phone it's all quiet um and in the winter months i usually just kind of roll out of bed and onto my meditation cushion for at least about 30 minutes of quiet time mhm and after that yeah. walk of silence what 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 do you do next after my walk or my meditation i take my lemon water with pepper and then i am again fortunate enough to be able to sit down at my desk and start my daily readings and those are spiritual readings um maybe they they're my class plan for the week or the day um maybe they're just some nugget of into uh, information that i need to hear but i do a lot of reading and writing in order to plan for my teachings for the day the week even the month or year and that usually follows up the next hour of my day. Mhm. Now it's obvious that you as well acknowledge the fact that reading books can be so inspiring and life-changing. So if you could recommend one book for our listeners, what would that be? In honor of the seven chakras, uh, Wheels of Life by Anadaya Judith is the chakra bible for me. There's so many uh, chakra books out there, um but that is one. Miracle of Mindfulness by Tishnahan is also another nugget that should be on everyone's shelves. And lastly, I know you just asked for one, but one that is is non-spiritual based. Um but the one book that changed my life before I even found the spiritual practice was Wishcraft by Barbara Sher. Wow. That's the beauty of seeking advice from people who have achieved uh wisdom is that you ask one and you get three <laughs> so thanks a lot for that thank you i'm sure our listeners would love going through and accessing what is available in these books so chakra listeners you can find links to all the resources that we discuss that we discuss about in the show notes so dharma i have truly enjoyed learning about your journey 
and the stories that you shared were really inspiring. So before you go, tell us one thing that you're really grateful for today. Tell us the best way we can find you and then we'll say goodbye. Wonderful. The best part of my day today was being out in my garden and watching the caterpillars um, kind of mill around in my planted dill. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, nice. I love my herb garden. Uh, again, working on the root chakra there. Uh, yes. And uh, thank you so much for having me. Um, so excited to hear about the, the listeners and hopefully the information that they're able to glean from your wonderful podcast series, uh, I'm sure is going to be just uh, a huge stepping stone along their journey. You can find me at dharmarichards.com and our studio at yogagardennc.com. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, so Dharma, thank you for coming on our show today and sharing those priceless nuggets of wisdom. I hope our paths cross again sometime soon and you have a sunny day ahead filled with inspiration, warmth and happiness. Thank you, Adita. You and your listeners as well. You are listening to My 7 Chakras. Go to mysevenchakras.com. Download your free gift, get inspired, and take action. Transform your life today.